Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing putting money in its proper place. Everything in its right place. You like that song? I don't know. (laughs) Everything in its right place. That's like, uh, I think it's a Radiohead song from Amnesiac, maybe. One of my favorite albums, by the way. Okay. I haven't really gotten into Radiohead very much. Radiohead is one of those bands I used to listen to a ton, but... You can serenade me any day of the week, though, by the way. (laughs) I was trying to bust out my falsetto, (laughs) my Tom York falsetto. But no, we are talking about money. Everything does have a correct place, and money in particular. We're going to put money in its proper place during this episode, because it's one of those things, it's like one of these monsters that uh, when you give it a little bit of free reign, once it starts roaming around unchecked, it can start to take over your entire life. Yeah, and you might think the guys that host the show had a money think money <laughs> takes the top spot, but no, uh, indeed, we do not. That's right, man. But before we get to our topic today, we need to share the winners of our $1,000 giveaway. We 
announced this on uh, last Friday's episode that we wanted to give away $100 to 10 different people uh, to do some good within your communities. And so that entry period is over. Uh, comments are closed. And here are the 10 winners for that cash money giveaway. All right, Matt, I'll kick it off. Lindsay B. Goodwin. TCD underscore Techno Kitten. It's probably my favorite of the, the names. <laughs> Ronak underscore Savla, the Daisy dot life, and MB Real underscore Fate. That's right. That's the first five. I got five more. We've got AH uh, Rubish, Mary Ate the Little Lamb. That's actually my favorite. <laughs> the Unsetting Sun. Architect 4464 and Smoothie. So we will be reaching out to y'all via Instagram, but we wanted to announce the winners here on the show. Thank y'all for participating and thank you to everybody for participating. And generally speaking, I think this has shed a lot of light on the different organizations uh, in need who we can contribute to. Yeah, man, I think this is just so cool. I'm so excited that Speaking of putting money in its proper place, you and I get to put our money where our mouth is. We get to give away some of our own money. And, and you know, we've talked about the importance of giving in the past many times. That's a crucial aspect of making money and putting it in its proper place is giving it away. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just super excited to see uh, what these 10 people do in their community with this money. And yeah, we'll report back because it's going to be a lot of fun to see how much good that money does. That's right, man. Let's go ahead and uh, introduce the beer that we're going to enjoy during this episode. Uh, this is a beer called Hazy, uh, like like Jay-Z, which you <laughs> <laughs> you pointed out before we started recording. Uh, and this is by Temblor Brewing Company. Thanks to Ryan and our friends there at the brewery for donating this one to the show. No doubt. All right, Matt. So now you just mentioned the beer that we're having. And mm-hmm. the episode that we're talking about today is putting money in its proper place. And you know what this made me think of? Just both those things combined. Tell was, me. Uh, have you, you've heard like the phrase that an apple a day keeps a doctor away, right? Of course. Well, for you know the adult version of that, some people have said, is a glass a of wine. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a craft beer a day. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I don't think it's quite as healthy as a glass of wine. But uh, a lot of studies have been done, and you know we don't actually have conclusive evidence about the long-term effects of moderate drinking. But I would say it seems safe to say that a single glass of wine with dinner doesn't have negative long-term effects. Right. And, and it could be beneficial in providing antioxidants as well as protecting against heart disease and those are all the the studies that i like to read the (laughs) ones that say just a little bit of this it's actually good for you basically a little bit of that confirmation bias you know (laughs) (laughs) finding the studies that agree with the way i think (laughs) but but of course if that habit turns into a bottle of wine a day we're talking about potentially severe consequences for someone right so if a glass turns into a bottle it all of a sudden becomes a really big deal. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what, what's good in moderation can become absolutely wretched if it gets overdone. And the same, we would say, is true with money, right? It's it's less about how much money you actually have, but it's more about how the role that money plays in your life. And that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, this might be weird, but you know, we're actually attempting to de-emphasize something that we talk <laughs> talk about three days a week, every single week, because you know, we, like we believe that money is a helpful tool. This makes me think of my father-in-law because he recently had a trip to the emergency room. He had a little run-in with a table saw. Oh, and that's not to say that now all table saws are bad, but the way he uh, was using <laughs> the saw led to him uh, having to go to the hospital. Uh, it comes down to using the right tool for the right job, obviously making sure that we're careful with those tools. But we feel that money is a helpful tool uh, and it's also an essential one. But we also believe that beyond a certain point, 
more money isn't going to solve all of our problems, even though we might be tempted to think so. Really, money is only one component of our overall health and happiness levels. So for instance, Joel, you know, you mentioned that glass of wine that might provide a small boost to your overall levels of health, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ride your bike more or, or that maybe you should stop doing your push-ups, uh, whatever you're doing to, to try to stay healthy. Yeah. You, even if eating that apple or drinking that glass of wine is somewhat moderately helpful to your, you know, to boosting your overall levels of health, you still got to do those other things. Those are, those are more important. Exactly. Getting your finances in order overall, that's an important part of a healthy life. We want to be a part of helping you make progress in that direction. That is our main focus. But we also want to talk about the limitations of money when it comes to your happiness and and with this episode coming out towards the end of the year, I don't know, it's kind of fun to uh, swing the other direction when every single week we're talking about the importance of money, the importance of making wise financial decisions. There are also some of these other things that you need to keep in mind as well. Yeah, we want people to learn about the benefits of house hacking. We want to help people figure out how to invest, you know, which accounts they should be investing in to get the, the maximum reward, to lower their taxes and to build up a strong net worth for their future. But at the same time, like if that's all you're focused on, you're missing out. And yep. especially this time of year, we're, 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 all of us were focusing on really important things like time together with the family, like time away from work. We're prioritizing yes. different things. And so, yeah, that, that's why we were like, we have to talk about all these other things and how, you know, if we actually over pursue money, if we're overthinking it, then we're going to miss out on things that really matter. That's right. And it makes me think, Matt, of like athletes switching teams for a few million dollars more, like uh, uh, somebody who signs a $270 million contract as opposed to uh, taking that hometown discount and playing 10 years for $255 million <laughs> instead. And I'm like, uh, you know, both of those sums are mind boggling. And I can't really imagine making that much money for playing a game. Uh, but yeah, why, why would you move? It makes me, when I see that happen, I'm always like, why would that person move for a 5% pay bump right. uh, <laughs> when they're already making more money than they'll ever need, than they'll ever be able to spend? And when I think about it, I think it all comes down to what you're optimizing for. In this case, that person is optimizing for money. Mm -hmm. But maybe they haven't thought through it long enough, or, or maybe they have. Maybe that's actually where they want to go play. They prefer to be in that state or whatever. But so many athletes you see make this move for money. <laughs> they go to a losing team, or they opt out of a community where they were invested, and it leads to lower life satisfaction overall, right? Uh, the other negative consequences. And, and really, this doesn't just apply to you know high-dollar athletes. This can apply to anyone who's moving to a new state. Let's say their sole desire is to lower the amount they pay in taxes, and they say, I'm moving to Florida, or I'm moving to Tennessee because they don't have a state income tax and you leave Which is all, attractive right it is I, I get it <laughs> but you leave all your friends and family behind yeah. uh, for that w one decision to optimize money it's probably going to lead to less happiness in the long run and so it's not that money should not be a factor in how you make decisions but it also shouldn't be the sole deciding factor either because there's a whole lot more to life yeah, than just money yeah, th yeah there's only so much that money can do for you there are a lot of other things you need to take into account and you know let's, let's talk about COVID let's bring uh, the pandemic into this for a second uh, because 73% of Americans say that the pandemic has affected their life in a meaningful way. Many folks lost a loved one, and that's obviously a stunning impact. Uh, but even those of us who were fortunate enough to, to not lose someone close to us, 
the pandemic acted in many ways as a force for change. Um, and much of that change has actually been good, you know, from, from quitting a job that you that you don't like, maybe that you hate, to spending more time with your family. The changes that COVID brought about are many. And, uh, and for a lot of us, it has provided additional happiness by just cutting out a lot of the fluff in our lives that we no longer need. COVID was pretty devastating to our lives and to our economy, but uh, I feel like this is one really small silver lining is the fact that it already caused us to kind of reevaluate and to put certain things like money uh, in its proper place. Yeah, we said this, maybe it was even a year ago, Matt, but like if you haven't been able to find a silver lining from COVID, then maybe you haven't been looking hard enough because most of us, like my calendar got cleared in a big way and we've gone on more family hikes in the past 18 months than we've ever taken before and done more i I guess i'm a hiker now because (laughs) (laughs) this is something we're doing yeah we've done more family picnics like there have been all these things these ways that we've adjusted our lives and it's not that it hasn't been really hard in so many different ways and i know that that each of us have had our own burdens during during COVID times Um, but yeah there have been many silver linings at the same time and yeah while we're talking about putting money in its proper place and so much of this comes down to like meaning and what provides us meaning and there was a pew research study done just came out literally at the end of last month and i thought some of like what that had to say was really helpful and informative for this episode and it turns out family friends and occupation took the top three spots for providing meaning in most countries around the world when people were studied when people were asked that question material well-being was a close fourth and so of course again it's not that money is not important you read that and you're like yeah of course like people people want to be in a warm home they want to be well fed they want to have clothes on their back and so it's not that that is not important um but when you look at it in the context of the answers to to these questions it still comes in fourth place and i thought that said a lot because mm-hmm. yeah a, a lack of money it certainly creates quite a bit of difficulty for the person who doesn't have enough, right? It's it's hard to get that meaningful time with your family if you're wondering where your next meal is going to come from. Right. Uh, yeah. Or if you're the person who's working 60 plus hours a week in order to make ends meet, same thing, right? And, and uh, let's say you're the person living with boatloads of debt or with very little or no financial margin. You're kind of living on that financial precipice. You are one of those people who, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve says doesn't have $400 to cover an emergency. Well, it's going to impact your mental health and potentially your physical health too, all leading to lower levels of happiness and meaning. So yeah, money's not unimportant, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see when you look at the stats about what things provide the most meaning, money is fourth on the list really when it comes down to it. Right. Yeah. So while money has an important role to play, it isn't everything. And so we're actually going to delve into some of the other facets of life that need to be considered and, you know, how an overemphasis on money can impact our overall levels of happiness. And we'll, we'll actually offer a, uh, a litmus test later on in the episode as well for ensuring that money is playing a proper role in your life. And we'll get to all of that right after this. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 
25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it upright. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. <laughs> Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash money for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step -step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Matt, let's get back to it. Let's talk about money. Let's. Putting it in its proper place. And yeah, if we elevate money above everything else, we're going to be 
pretty tyrannical, <laughs> awful, hard people, I think, right? I was waiting for you to sing your song uh, <laughs> after I did my... No, I don't do that. My little number. I don't have the <laughs> vocal talents that you have, so I'll refrain. Nor do I, as everyone <laughs> found out earlier. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about some of like the most important facets of life, uh, where if we let money overtake these things in order of importance, we're all bound to lose in the end. And yeah, the first one that's worth talking about is physical health, because focusing too much on money can cause you to neglect your physical health. And yeah, since physical health is in the top five in that Pew Research study that, that we just mentioned before the break, you want to make sure that you don't take that one for granted. Uh, Matt, I just recently read Ross Douthat's new book about the years of hardship that he endured after contracting Lyme disease. He's a New York Times writer, and it was just like, one, he's a good writer, and two, just kind of like a fascinating to get a peek under the hood of the trauma that he's dealt with essentially in the last five years. Right. Basically, he was 100% healthy one day, and then intense chronic pain came into his life, and it didn't leave. Mm. And there was like no day that he wasn't ravaged by just feeling terrible and yeah. just dude, Lyme, Lyme disease seems like one of those things that's just terrible like I hear more accounts of people who deal with that and it's something oftentimes that they are dealing with for years yeah and, and we know so little about it yeah. and, and that's one of the things he goes into in the book how it's a mystery yeah and there's all these kind of off the beaten path <laughs> ways that people who have Lyme disease hmm. try to deal with it and m- many of which the medical establishment says frowns upon <laughs> they're right. like no you shouldn't do that and and they're kind of some oddball tactics that he ends up using in the book hmm. and really um, trying to come up with his own cocktail to diagnose himself or to serve himself yeah. in order to hopefully feel a little bit better is this a rec- book recommendation it is yes okay. I would say <laughs> definitely read this book if uh, if you get a minute because it's great uh, but I, what really I get from reading books like this stories like this provide me a new kind of thankfulness for my healthy body, right? Knowing that it's it's not something I'm 100% going to have tomorrow. I'm not promised right. that tomorrow I wake up and I feel great. Um, I wake up tomorrow with a tick on your chest or... <laughs> Potentially, or wherever they bite you. Let's Actually, they, they like to they, they like like to go to the dark, warm areas like your armpit uh, or your crotch, back of your neck. I think too. So, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, behind the ear. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would say this. Like one, know that you're not promised health, and so be thankful for it. And two, if you find yourself working too much, not taking care of your body the way you should, it's time to reconsider how much effort you're pouring into money making. Because if you're optimizing for money again, kind of like that professional athlete maybe you're making the wrong ultimate decision and, and there are other things that are worth optimizing for. Yeah, I think a lot of times folks might think, oh, well, if I'm making a ton of money, well, then I can afford the best doctors and I can afford the best medicines. But doctors, they're not miracle workers. There are a lot of amazing drugs out there, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that your health is going to be good, right? Just by getting a treatment. Like you can't buy good health. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons that we're recommending for you to pay attention to your physical health now. Another end of the spectrum you might find yourself on is like, like you might be so cheap that you're unwilling to say pay for that YMCA membership <laughs> that would actually get you off the couch. There are just these different ways where in an attempt to be wise with our money, uh, as we're trying to be frugal, we can find ourselves going down that cheap path. And the other thing too, to mention, like you don't actually need a gym membership in order to prioritize, you know, working out, like just <laughs> get a bike or you don't even need a bike because even that costs money. Just go for a run, get outside, move your body. But we do understand how, you know, sometimes a little bit of skin in the game uh, or finding a workout partner can make all the difference when it comes to finding some motivation for you. But we still want to point out overall that your physical health can be something that you neglect in the pursuit of more money. Something, Joel, that I feel like we've learned from our friend Carl Jensen. This is something he's written about on his blog, 1500 Days, many times, which is that while he was grinding it out during his nine to five as a software developer, 
his physical health is something that he neglected and he realized after he had reached financial independence that, man, this is something I could have been doing all these things while I was still working. It didn't take me becoming financially independent in order to take care of myself. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't necessarily take money, but sometimes the prioritization of money or the prioritization of saving more money prevents us from taking the action that we need to do to get healthy. That's right. And, and I think when we take a step back, our physical health is of primary importance in our lives. It should be. And if we're not treating it like that, then it's it's something that we need to, to rethink. Um, and, and just hopefully this is a good reminder to say, all right, well, how are you prioritizing that right now? And mm-hmm. is money or your over-prioritization of money maybe holding you back totally. in that realm? Yep. Uh, and, and another place, Matt, another realm of our lives that we sometimes let suffer because we're thinking about money too much or we're over-prioritizing it is our mental health. And uh, this might be a good chance to talk about hustle culture for a second. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's quite as prevalent as it was a few years ago. I know Gary Vaynerchuk and some of his ilk made it sound like if you work 80 hours a week, man, all your dreams are going to come true. And I don't think that's true. But uh, yeah, there was just this glamorizing of working until you plop into your bed exhausted, trying to pursue your passion and just like working as hard as you possibly physically can. Uh, But yeah, and that that is still out there. That is still a thing. People are still drinking that Kool-Aid. And it's not, of course, that you and I, we're not anti-work. We think work is great. And we're all for working hard at something and and, uh, pursuing something that you love too. And in some seasons, it makes sense to increase your hustle in order to accomplish a specific Goal. Matt, there were times where buying that next rental property meant I was going to have to work a little bit harder. And, you know, g- going there after work to paint the interior walls was like a sacrifice um, of other things I could have been pursuing. I'm glad I did. But I would say nonstop hustle with no end in sight can also take this massive toll on your mind and body. And so if there's no stop to it, then you're going to experience some sort of burnout. So we'd say be careful not to fall into the trap of working more just because it's become a habit of hustling because hustling is supposed to be cool. And we'd say like, let yourself take a break. Yeah, and I believe that so much of that mental health comes down to the levels of stress that we experience, which, I, dude, I believe is greatly impacted by who it is that is calling the shots as to how hard it is that you're working, right? So imagine, like, on one hand, you've got your boss, and your boss is the one making you work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. That's going to feel a certain way if your goals aren't aligned necessarily with your bosses. But if it's you calling the shots, right? Like, if it's, like you said, like, there are stages of life sometimes that we're in and certain goals that we want to achieve, and dude, it is a complete shift when it is you, like when you are at the wheel and when you can make those decisions. And so, so I guess the takeaway here is that if you are in a situation like that, where you're not the one calling the shots, then looking elsewhere, like the great resignation, this has been happening after COVID because a lot of folks have been able to reprioritize. They have been able to maybe put money in its proper place. Uh, And if that's you, you know, looking for a different position might be in the cards. Yeah. And I think it's worth rethinking some of the goals maybe that you have and whether the sacrifice that it's going to take to get there is worth it. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And let's say your goal is to work in the C-suite someday or have this corner office and have like an upper management level position. And maybe you're realizing that if you're going to do it at the job that you're currently at, it's going to require some of those really lengthy work weeks and you're going to miss out on some other important things, including being healthy mentally. And and so, yeah, if it's going to require all of these things from you, time away from family, maybe not attending your kid's 
sporting events, uh, along with just your own mental sanity, you might have to like re-question some of those priorities that you that you had. That's right. Yeah. Even if this is a goal that you had uh, and it's not your boss's, even if it's yours, you might find that your mental health might be suffering because of it. And so, you know, we feel that it might be helpful for you to ask yourself a question like, like, what kind of mental state am I in after having hustled my butt off for the last year? Because, you know, working more doesn't necessarily make us more efficient. Uh, for instance, scientists have tried for years to see if we can still remain productive while sleeping less than the typical eight hours a day. But they've consistently found that humans need between seven and nine hours of, of sleep a night in order to function their best. And so, you know, you'll probably find that in an effort to produce more, you sleep less, but then the opposite effect starts to take place. You might be spending more hours at the office or, or on your laptop working, but you're not getting as much done. You're continually exhausted uh, and your work is going to suffer. Uh, and so will your life. That's right. Yeah. Trying to put in too many hours often just leads to like, it's like every hour additionally that you put in past whatever your maximum is, like let's say 35, 40 hours for what the average person's working. You're, there's a law of diminishing returns. Oh, yeah. And every additional hour, you're less effective. And so it's worth kind of thinking through that. I think a large part of mental health too, Matt, is intellectual satisfaction, right? Like there's this stat recently, uh, and it said that 48% of people who rarely read or write experience faster cognitive decline in old age. And so there, there's just something magical about being curious. And I think that the more we read and write, uh, the more we're expressing our curiosities where uh, writing is essentially like writing, uh, putting down your thoughts on paper. And it's causing us most of the time to think through what we actually think or believe. And when we're reading, we're curious about other people's ideas, what they've gone through, uh, their life experience. And so I think those are really healthy mechanisms for us uh, just to be well-rounded people. There's a quote from Albert Einstein. He once said, I have no special talents. I'm only passionately curious. And I think maybe that was a little bit uh, too much humility from <laughs> Albert Einstein because he, he definitely had special talents, but he was also just insanely curious. And curiosity is good for our brains uh, and money is cool, but the world is so much bigger and more fascinating than more dollar bills in your bank account. And so if you're not being exposed to interesting ideas, cool thinkers, fascinating people, then you're just pulling in more dollars. Uh, then I don't think it's a recipe for a life well lived or for like a, yeah, great mental health. Yeah. So regardless if you're satisfying that intellectual curiosity with your work, or maybe that's something that you're pursuing outside of work in your free time, we would say that you need to strive to make room uh, for that intellectual curiosity component of your life. Um, Joe, let's talk about social health, because if we're working too much in order to get ahead, we might not just be compromising our mental health, our physical health, but we might be compromising our closest relationships. Because, you know, if you're too busy to spend time with your friends and your family, well, that's going to cause strained relationships that's going to lead to less overall happiness. One study found that seeing a close friend most days is like getting a $100,000 raise. Seriously, this is a <laughs> this is the result that they were able to measure. That's another perk of working with your best friend, I guess. Well, I was going to say, like, I would take the $100,000. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> you don't even mean that. Uh, no, seriously, there is just so much more to life than just making more money. And another study of 300,000 participants found that a lack of strong relationships led to a 50% increase in premature death from, not from anything specific, but just any kind of disease, which is pretty mind-boggling as well. And yeah, yeah, that connectivity is, is such a crucial part of our overall health. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, it's not just these individual relationships that we need, but uh, you need to make sure that you're finding ways to connect meaningfully within a community. And so whether that's like a religious community or just <laughs> like a community of nerdy board gamers, having a defined 
attachment to a group of like-minded folks that gathers together physically is important to have proper social health. Uh, and, you know, we do believe that this applies to introverts as well. If you are out there, you're listening and you know that you're an introvert, this is something uh, like literally that you could be as systematic and as intentional about as just putting an event on the calendar. This is something that I've actually done myself because I, in particular, over the pandemic, I found myself like I would see you every day <laughs> here while we while we were working, which is worth at least a hundred grand a year. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's a lot of folks in my life who I wasn't seeing anymore, and I felt that I could feel the effects of that. And so, literally every Tuesday evening on my calendar, it says. Matt's social and there's a question mark and there's a little spot there for somebody else's name that I put in there because I have to be that intentional about making sure that I'm including other people within my life. And I never make that cut because you see me every day. <laughs> and we, we hang out outside the podcast. Yeah, so. we do. All the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that, it, that th- those studies were kind of just super interesting to me, Matt, that that's how important human relationship is to us. And, and some, of, some of it can't be quantified in a study. It's kind of unexplainable just how important, how necessary, you know, real human interaction, close human friendship, loving relationships are for us as people. But yeah, if you're focusing too much on money, it can lead to that strained social life or potentially like an almost non-existent one. Like yeah. if, if all of your best friends are work friends, I mean, we're kind of a anomaly here where literally <laughs> we are each other's work friend and also best friends, but we started off as best friends. But like, if you find yourself uh, losing connection to some of those other close friends that you've had over the years because you're spending too much time at the office, that could be a sign that money isn't in its proper place for yep. you. And on the flip side, if you're unwilling maybe to save for a plane ticket to make it home for family Christmas because you want to max out your 401k in order to retire a year sooner. Got to finish. Got to finish up this project. Yeah. Boss is counting on me. Got to get to reach financial independence by the time I'm 40, or it was all worthless. Well, you're you're probably overly focused on money too. So we would say, yeah, be careful not to put relationships on the back burner as you're simultaneously getting your finances in shape. Is the pursuit of financial independence a bad idea? No, of course not. <laughs> we are fully uh, we are fully in support of you doing everything you can in that endeavor. But if you're sacrificing some of the most important things along the way, and some of the most important people in your life along the way if you're losing time out with them regularly because money has is is dominating it's taking the number one spot we would say you got to reconsider you got to shake things up yeah and something we mentioned too is that like the actual physical gathering of people is really important which is really interesting because like compared to like a digital gathering right this is something you and I have we've talked more about recently as the metaverse has kind of come onto line as we're seeing like digital real estate sales booming <laughs> yeah. and this is something that we've talked about because we believe that if folks are counting on that space which is obviously purely digital to replace and to satisfy some of these needs that we have uh, I think we are in for a world of hurt because I mean we've already seen with like social media the negative impacts specifically on Gen Z but when we look to these different forms of what we call social interactions and relationship uh, when instead what we truly need are in-person interactions where we can see someone face to face there's uh, just a a robustness and a richness that is lost um, with these digital communities I think we have to keep in mind how dependent we can be on these different spaces uh, because we want them to complement our actual, you know, in real life life 
and to make sure that they don't completely replace uh, our day-to-day interactions with people. Yeah, you might think about the How to Money Facebook group, for instance, and is that a digital group that's worth being in? And we would say, yes, we think it is because people are helping each other out. Like it, It's a friendly group of people who have a lot of knowledge, totally. who can help you make good decisions with your money. But at the same time, like, should that replace your friend group? <laughs> probably not. Like, yeah, it's insufficient nope. to do that. Exactly. Right? And and not probably not. Like, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really should not come anywhere near replacing what you, what you have in real life with other people. But some of your best friends might not have some of that robust knowledge that the online community can offer. So it's good to dip in there and get that knowledge and participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't mean that's the end all be all and that's uh, all you need, right? And and Matt, let's let's move on. To, let's talk about one other area where if we over-prioritize money, we, we can get it wrong. And that's when it comes to our spiritual health. And yes, we're going there. And since we're uh, you've done a, one how to money music selection, can you do like a Gregorian chant right now just to uh, hammer this home? Don't have it in me. I'm okay. sorry. All right. Sorry. Uh, it's, no <laughs> worries. But uh, th- there's a quote, another quote we're going to throw out here. Blaise Pascal once said that all of humanity's problems stem from a person's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And Matt, as a 100% extrovert, this one hits me hard. because As a 110% extrovert, you mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sitting alone in a room does sound like my form of torture. Like I had friends that went to a silent retreat uh, over the past year. And I was like, what, you paid to do that? Because uh, you'd have to pay me yeah. to do that. Whereas I hear that, I'm like, oh, that sounds relaxing. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be really helpful. Right. So this, there's obviously like a, a somewhat of a personal crisis I have to deal with as I as I kind of uh, figure this on out. But yeah, the, I, I feel like speaking of crises, there's, there is a sort of like a crisis of meaning in our country right now. And and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it feels like the the world of constant virtual connection we were just kind of like talking about uh, often lacks that ability for meaningful connection and it's zapping our brains. Like we're all tired, we're all mentally depleted, and we feel less connected and actually more angry <laughs> at the end of many of those virtual connections. Sure. Uh, we're constantly striving for connection, but we're missing it because we're looking in the wrong places that can't actually provide it. And so, right. yeah, I think th- there's some truth to that, being able to sit quietly alone, like r- with your thoughts, with a book. Um, that's that, that reading and writing component is so important, that curiosity, but also just that ability to, if we're talking about spiritual health, not have to always be entertained. And there are often costs that go alongside of that. Monetary costs is actually hurting our ability to be spiritually healthy as people. Yeah, and we're not explicitly here to tell you to go to church or you know, or that you should start a daily meditation practice, although you know, both of those things could be helpful for you. But spirituality seems to be either just non-existent or it is just increasingly vague these days. Uh, and so we'd encourage you to not neglect these deeper spiritual aspects of life, these deeper questions, because, you know, like science and reason are great, but they don't fill the meaning uh, void, <laughs> you know, that we all have within us. I think even just simply getting outside in nature is just one of the best ways to reset and remember that this world, you know, this cosmos that we are in are far bigger than we are. Uh, and that can provide helpful orientation when we start to focus too much on something as temporary as money. We just, when, when our world becomes so narrow and focused that we think our life is this little molehill that we fixated on. And it provides the necessary realization that money is not the answer to every problem we face. I mean, one of the ways that prioritizing your spiritual health or prioritizing religion, how that could have a direct impact on our money, is that within a lot of different walks of faith, uh, you're called to give your money away. Yeah. And oftentimes, specifically, that's called the tithe. And that's something that our family does. But not only by doing that, not only are you not working more 
to gain more money, but you're being actively called to give that money away to, you know, to be parted with that money. So I love that that is a kind of a natural reminder uh, that is built into a lot of different walks of faith that you should have, you know, take a more open hand approach when it comes to your money as something that we're given uh, and that we should oftentimes freely give back as well. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think not only is like giving our money away in that way, good for our soul. It's like good for the way we view money and the role that money plays in our lives. And it just like prevents an extreme attachment that mm-hmm. becomes unhealthy. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, the spiritual side, the physical side, the mental side of our money uh, are all really important. But we have like this litmus test that, that you and I created that we want people, it's three questions we want people to ask themselves that can help you know whether money is having an outsized influence in your life. We'll get to the HTM litmus test right after this. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago, and hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. 
If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right we're back joel let's get to that how to money litmus test that you mentioned we're hoping that these are going to be some helpful filters for you to decide whether you're too focused on money whether you're neglecting maybe some other important aspects of your life or not so the first of these the first question to ask yourself is does your spending align with your values it's as simple as that because if you're you know scrooge mcducking it (laughs) and you're only amassing your wealth with a crippling fear of ever spending any of it you might be too focused on your money. Uh, you make me think of uh, you might be a redneck if by Jeff, Fo- <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. I feel like this is like you might be too obsessed with money if if you can't spend anything if ever. You're, <laughs> if you're Scrooge McDuckin' it, yeah, uh, because you know, like we we do think that growing your net worth is a great goal to have, but like sim- like if you're a personal capital net worth tracker, if that's something that you're obsessed with, if that's something that you check, you know, multiple times a day, you check it in the morning at noon, right before you go to bed. Uh, you've probably gone too far. And so it's crucial to ask yourself if your spending aligns with your values uh, because, you know, like Joe, like we're both pretty frugal. But over the years, I've had to learn this lesson and to try to like loosen my grip on my wallet, on the things that I'm willing to spend money on. By asking that question, it has informed our budget. It has allowed me to just to feel a little more comfortable spending money instead of just squirreling it away. That's one of the reasons I think that budgeting your money is such an important tool because it's you deciding ahead of time that, you know what, this is something I've decided is important. I'm going to attach a dollar amount to it, knowing that down the road, I'm not going to feel that way. <laughs> like there, there are going to be times when I'm going to think, you know what? Instead, I could just save that. I can put that towards retirement. I could funnel that money towards something else. Uh, but it's it's almost like a way to keep yourself in check with the things that you say that you actually do value. Yeah, I mean, you and I, we could drink more Miller High Life and less of the good stuff. <laughs> and we could put more aside for the future. But at some point, there's like diminishing returns for that too, right? And we yeah. have to prioritize. That's why we drink a good beer on every episode. Uh, one, we like drinking good beer. <laughs> and like, But the other thing is, I think it is a reminder for us that this is something we actually do care about. We're putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to our spending. And I agree, Matt. Like At times, I have not done that. And I'm less happy because of it if I'm not putting my money where my mouth is, like while we're saving and investing well for the future. On the other side of that spectrum, though, you might find that you spend money too easily. You're a spendthrift and, and you might even forget where your money is going, opting to buy things like spur of the moment, uh, you know, uh, while you're scrolling Instagram or just hopping on Amazon to see what's new. And you quickly forget that you even bought that thing. It's in the back of your closet. Well, you know, consumption per capita has actually grown 65% since the 1980s in the United States. The average garment, Matt, I saw this stat, is only worn 
seven times before wow. it's disposed of. <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before. Many of the shirts that I wear have actually probably been worn a hundred times before I bought them because I get them at the thrift store. Uh, but yeah, I think what this means is that our unconscious spending is leading to waste. It's where we're spending money, not where our values lie, but we're spending it willy-nilly without thinking of it. And so, yeah, one of the, the solutions to lavish consumption as a result of overcorrecting um, is gifting that money to other people. Right, which leads us to our next question. Uh, that's where this next little question comes in, which is, do you give your money away? If you have a really hard time or even an inability to part with any of your money, you likely don't have money in its proper place. Going back to maxing out your 401k, if that is preventing you from giving, you you are likely too obsessed. Instead, if you work to prioritize giving, you'll find real benefit in doing so. Uh, again, that's a, a big part of why we did this cash money giveaway. We want it to be generous. Plus, it, you know, it sounded like a lot of fun to help our listeners make an impact right there where they live. I think sometimes giving, like just like a jump start to something, it may not be a habit that you've already uh, been implementing, but by doing it once, you can kind of get that ball rolling. Yeah. And I feel like, especially during the pandemic, man, I've heard a lot of people talking about self-care and it's, it's not that there aren't times where you need to like check out from the world and care for yourself and do something that's replenishing for your own like heart and soul. Um, I think that's true, but it's, it's, but caring for others seems to be from everything I've read better for everyone involved, including you as the individual. And so, yeah, people report when you look at studies being more fulfilled when they help others. And so we wanted to note that if you're a how to money listener who's mired in credit card debt or student loan debt, we realize it can be difficult to be a giver when you're working your way out of like a financially difficult situation. If you've got like $30,000 worth of credit card debt on the books, then I realize you're probably, you might not be in the position or you might not be ready to give away 10% of your income. But you can start small. You don't have to go big or go home. You can do just a little bit. And so, we, yeah, we would say it's important to find ways to be a giver, even uh, if you can only offer just your time right now. Like if that's all you have to offer because your your money is so tight, we would say do that uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and then have the goal to monetarily support like an organization that you care about as you continue to make your own personal progress towards financial freedom. Your time can go a long way. And honestly, much of the time, it's more important and more meaningful than just writing a check. Yeah, that's right. You know, monetarily giving, uh, giving some cash is really important, but we don't feel that that absolves you of personal responsibility when it comes to how it is that we live our lives. Still important to love your neighbor and care for them exactly. and yeah, to reach out to those in need. Uh, in your direct vicinity. Uh, totally. So our third question that we want you to uh, ask yourself is, can you let loose and have fun? On our litmus test. I just wanted to stress, this is the how to money litmus <laughs> test. Uh, but removing money from the equation altogether, like, do you know how to enjoy yourself? Because if you are only focused on accomplishments, you know, achieving the next goal that you have in mind in order to maybe earn more money and move up the corporate ladder, you might be neglecting pursuits that you enjoy. And so just think to yourself a little bit right here. Ask yourself if you ever allow yourself to do anything just purely for fun. The the term play is just something that you know, as responsible adults and parents like that we feel is only for kids, but in reality, it needs to be something that we start incorporating into our own lives as responsible adults. Oftentimes we can focus just too much on the numbers when there need to be some of these uh, you know, unmeasurables, these intangible things that we need to incorporate more into our life. 
An example I'm thinking of Patagonia. They let their workers go surfing whenever the waves are, uh, are really good. <laughs> uh, Patagonia founder Yvonne, he wrote uh, this manifesto called Let My People Go Surfing, uh, which is super cool. But uh, employees are allowed and even encouraged to drop everything when there's a great set of waves coming in. They also get uh, a delightful Christmas break this year. You probably don't work at Patagonia. Chances are, <laughs> if you're listening to you this. Might be applying right now there, as we speak. Seriously. Uh, but there's probably very few folks who are uh, employed by that company. Chances aren't high that you work for someone who shares that philosophy. But we feel that this is something worth working towards within our personal lives. You know, giving ourselves the permission to let loose and enjoy the day. All right. So again, that how to money litmus test, those three questions are, does your spending align with your values? Do you give money away? And can you let loose and have fun? And I think those are three really helpful questions to kind of pinpoint where is money? Like what, what, what influence does it have in my life? Is it, is it overly influential? Do I need to take, to let it take a back seat so that I can enjoy the things that provide real meaning and joy in my life? Am I neglecting spiritual habit or, you know, my physical body <laughs> because I'm so obsessed with financial independence by a certain date or just acquiring more and more? And so hopefully that lim- litmus test points you in the right direction and gives yep. you, gives you th- some thoughts about where you should be heading next. And at the end of the, the day, Matt, I think I had, I had like one more question that I want people to wrestle with. And it is, what's the job of money? And I think for some people, the way they think of it, or maybe because they haven't thought about it enough, they, they think it's like to snowball it into as big of a pile as humanly possible. That is that is one way to go, right? To acquire as much, it's that, that idea of like the person with the most toys at the end of the day yeah. or the end of their life wins. Well, I mean, that's not... I would say that that's not what money is for, but that is something that you can do with money. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people aren't asking themselves the question, what is money for? Yeah. They're just looking at, well, what is it able to do? Oh, I've heard about compound interest. I've heard about investing. So I am going to do that with my money without giving much thought to what it is actually for at the end of the day. Yeah. But you and I, we would say we think that a much better way of thinking about money is how is it helping you achieve success and happiness in yes. across a variety of areas of your life, like not just one area, right? Uh, and yeah, so that's what we've been talking about in this episode is having more money, actually making you more of a slave, a slave to your work, a slave to your desk, uh, or is it causing you to work more than you want, becoming less healthy and hurting your relationships? Or is it giving you more freedom, bringing you more happiness, bring more fun into your week? Ultimately, saving money, it doesn't have to be just about giving you freedom for the last 20 to 30 years of your life. I've always kind of been turned off by that idea that, that, yeah. that that's what you're saving money for. Uh, I think it's it's for so many more reasons than that. It can be about creating more options for you in the here and now, allowing you to take more risks because you've got money in the bank allowing you to do so. Maybe it's extended time off when a baby's born. Maybe it's travel for three months at a time with your family when before you could only uh, financially afford to do one week. Or you, you never could think about quitting your job and starting your own business, but now you can because you've saved money. It's allowing you not to just acquire more and more, but it's allowing you to do the things that are the most meaningful. That's right. Money is a tool. It's a means to an end. It is not the end in and of itself. Uh, it's a good perspective to keep when it comes to your money. Joel. Let's shift gears, man. Let's get back to the beer that you and I enjoyed during this episode. This one was another one by Tim Blor Brewing Company, and this one was Hey Z. You want to say it? I've, I've said it. <laughs> I don't have any Jay-Z lyrics to spit out right now. I wish I did. <laughs> hey Z. But uh, well, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? Okay, so I will say the, the other thing that the can reminded me of, it kind of has that Say by the Bell art look. I don't know if you remember. Oh. Which I used to watch literally every day when I got home from school. I feel that a little bit. It was like my favorite show <laughs> for a long time. I will say this beer. 
not my favorite beer. It's not as good as Say by the Bell was as a show, but it's very good. And it's definitely, it's got that classic New England hazy uh, vibes mm-hmm. going on. And so, yeah, big thanks to Ryan for sending this one our way. I'll That's never turn down a hazy IPA. <laughs> I don't know what else you're looking for. Like, I feel like it has all the characteristics of uh, a New England hazy, right? So it's kind of got those floral, fruity notes. Uh, it's kind of got that dry hop nature that I typically attribute to like a blue cheese note that oftentimes that uh, dry hopped hazies can uh, can have but overall if this is uh, a style of beer that you haven't had if you haven't had a new england hazy before you're out there in california we would recommend that you check out Timblor brewing look up hazy this is a good representation of this style of beer yeah and i wasn't trying to hate i was just saying <laughs> like w- when you think of, i'm very nostalgic for say by the bell in those days coming home it's an incredibly high standard yes uh, so you're not into like the the, what, what, the college college years or the college days they, I mean, they, they like did a whole reboot no i think i was though. a long time ago. did you <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a while it's been a while while you were watching that i was at home watching macgyver uh, like the original <laughs> macgyver because i loved watching that show that totally sounds like your jam <laughs> way less saved by the bell i feel like it's a perfect snapshot of you and me you, you were there watching uh folks be social on tv and i was watching this dude all by himself figure out how to you know transform uh, a clothesline pin into something that he can you know parachute from a building from and so. that's you and me that's best <laughs> friends in a nutshell isn't it all right well that, that's going to do it for this episode again big thanks to ryan for sending this beer our way and yeah for our listeners who want to see that litmus test written out who want the show notes for this episode you can find those on our website at howtomoney.com that's right so that's going to be it for this episode until next time best friends out best friends out Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. 
Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com.